<laughs> Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek. Hey, this is Matt Lesher. This is Phil Lamar. Hey, this is Rodney Taylor, a.k.a. The Penguin Gotham, and you are listening to Geek Vibes Live. And here we go. Welcome, welcome, welcome to an all-new episode of Geek Vibes Live. I am your host, Jawan, and today's episode is brought to you by Manscaped, with summer right around the corner, and it's hot as hell right now. Uh, Nick, I'm assuming Atlanta has to be like Satan's uh, picnic, uh, but it's stupid hot. <laughs> um, but with... Well, it's been raining today, so it's a little it's a little more mild than usual, but uh, but yeah, it is. it has been super hot the past like week yeah god bless you man um but with summer not even <laughs> right around the corner with summer here uh it kicked down our door um <laughs> the time is now to <laughs> yeah. look and feel fresh especially below the waist think about all the upcoming pool parties beach days road trips and backyard barbecues and to ensure that you are ready to capitalize on the right situation presents itself uh, visit manscaped.com. Manscaped.com takes the risk out of manscaping thanks to precision engineered tools which are optimized for male grooming and hygiene. As seen on Shark Tank, visit manscaped.com to find out why they're number one in men's below-the-waist grooming. You'll want to keep an eye out for the Perfect Package 2.0 kit that includes the lawnmower 2.0 and electric trimmer worthy of the personal below-the-waist line, which features skin-safe technology to ensure a nick-free manscaping experience. Get 20% off free shipping and a free travel bag with promo code GeekVibes20 at Manscaped.com. Again, the promo code is GeekVibes20 at Manscaped.com. We would like to thank Manscaped for sponsoring us. And without further ado, let me get into introducing our panel. Nick, I already kind of introduced you, but let me give you a proper (laughs) introduction. The man who takes no days off. No days off. Nick, what's going on, Nick? Yeah, no sick days for this guy. Like, I mean, I, uh, I'm i a true champion. I, I, I'm a Clay Thompson, if you will, and uh, I, I'll always be there. Always. Nick is that star in the sky. When you need guidance, he's always there. Um, and <laughs> we have <laughs> – I know I've completely confused Tia on, the, on when we were recording this episode, but um, possibly – the most dedicated writer, uh, at least a hundred articles per hour. Possibly. Um, possibly. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You're right. Undoubtedly. Accurately. A hundred yeah. articles on. per Put hour. Spec on her name, Jawan. <laughs> the wrist that never gets sprained because it is made from <laughs> magical powers. Uh, Tia, what's going on, Tia? Oh, that's not exactly true. There's many times throughout the day that I'm sitting there holding my wrist like, oh, all right, one more, one more. Um, (laughs) Thank you. And that's why Uh, you're the real MVP, Tia. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, no, super (laughs) excited to join you guys. It's frankly beautiful here in New York. I took a walk around the block earlier. So, um, but yeah, in the South, usually it's like, Hotter than Satan's asshole. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. Did you see 100%. Kyrie Irving walking around somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> I 
I wish you did. I, I Thea, if you knew who Kyrie Irving was, I wish you did see him so you could let him know exactly <laughs> what we need him to do this offseason. Um, yeah, start no. with the Knicks, uh, motherfucker. Fuck the Nets. <laughs> I will say this, though. Neither one of you get used to those introductions. Um, I'll probably forget to do them next week. So I hope you enjoyed them. It was well-deserved, both of you, but don't expect it. Um, but all right, let's get right into, right into our trailer talk. We only have one trailer this week. Um, I think this trailer was just as confusing as our only teaser from last week. Um, Nick, I'm going to start off with you. We got a full-length yeah. trailer for Jessica Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, did it shed any more light? for this upcoming season, this final season, and did it build any excitement or intrigue for you? Yeah, it did a little bit. Um, it was a very sloppily put together trailer. Um, the thing that like kind of stood out to me the most was at the very end of the trailer, um, the, the, the like main antagonist of, of this upcoming season and in this trailer, um, he, he says something to the effect of, like, you thought you were a hero, um, or a savior or something like that. And then like the, the background music amps up and then he like mutters off some more dialogue, but it's like the background music is so loud. You can't, it's almost like you can't even understand what he's saying. And I didn't go bother. I didn't bother to go back and like try to decipher what he was saying. Um, just cause I, I was like, yeah, I got the gist of it. It's fine. But like, like it seemed like they were setting that up to be like the important last line of the trailer, like that important bit of dialogue. And like when you have background noise that is like, you know, foliage that is louder than so much louder than like the dialogue that you're trying to get across um, to be the bookend of your trailer. Um, yeah. It just says to me, like, you don't give a shit. <laughs> you just like, fuck it. Like, we're just, like, we're just going to throw it out there. Um, so I was disappointed in it, in in that sense, that like they just they just don't fucking care anymore because they like they know, as we've said, they know that they're they're done with the series and all of that. Um, but I am interested in it. The biggest thing that I took away from this trailer was um, I think it it's it's a really cool dynamic to have this division uh, between Jessica Jones and Carrie Ann Moss's character, um, with her seemingly representing. Um, the main antagonist uh, from uh, from this series, um, and how that could, you know, essentially, you know, drive a divide between those two characters. Um, obviously, we have um, uh, Jessica Jones's relationship with Hellcat and the the newly formed Hellcat after season two, and and that relationship seems like it, it'll be a primary focus. Um, so yeah, I mean there there are definitely parts of it that interest me, um, and I'm, I'm I am excited for the series as a whole. Like I I want to see how it wraps up. I want to see, um, you know, what the series has to offer. Um, I just thought that they did a poor job of throwing together like a last minute trailer um, that they don't really care about. I just hope that doesn't translate into – like I hope that they were able to finish – and I, I think they were, but I hope they were able to finish shooting this um, this final season of this series before they just stopped giving a shit about the, the Marvel Netflix universe um, because you know the, we, we, we saw some similar um, – I, I would say the Punisher trailers on a whole 
were a little bit better, but they had their, their problems as well. But the actual season finale uh, or, you know, uh, season two in the finale of uh, The Punisher ended up being really fucking good, um, in my opinion. And so I'm hoping that that's – crossing my fingers that that's what we get with Jessica Jones. Um, but, I, but I am a little trepidatious just because I don't know – when Netflix kind of figured out that they weren't going to be continuing doing these series anymore, and I'm I'm hoping that their nonchalant attitude doesn't translate to the actual final season of the show that I have thoroughly enjoyed, um, especially season one. I'll say um, they were filming uh, this well before the announcement uh, was made of all right. the shows being canceled. So if this right. show is like, if this season is bad, it's just because it, it was a bad season. Um, I don't think we can attribute it to uh, it seemingly being rushed or just like hurry up and, and, and like put a bow on it. Um, so it had that advantage. Um, so I will say that uh, because I, I believe it was, cause the crazy thing was right, when it started filming, it was, go ahead. It was filmed before the announcement, but it may not have right. been filmed before they knew what was going on. Oh, is what I'm fair enough. Fair enough. Oh, I, I get that point. Very fair. Um, it was just weird to me because when it was filming, there was a a, a moment because Tia knows this. Um, definitely when Punisher filmed, we got a lot of behind the uh, not behind the scenes, um, but like uh, set photos. Like we saw a lot of what was going on with Frank, um, with Jessica Jones. I think there was some when it first started filming, and then there was nothing but silence. Um, that's why it was just like all of a sudden when it was like, Hey, it's coming out June 14th here. Here's the teaser. And you know, next week, here's the trailer. Um, cause there's just no buildup for it. And I think if you're Netflix, I get that you're trying to be done with these. Um, but you still have a job to do. And, and that's one thing I don't respect Netflix in the sense of, because they all worked really hard. Yeah, Just put together a um, decent trailer where I can hear all the dialogue from your trailer. That's all I'm asking or for. Even, or not. even you guys remember um, Daredevil season three had a lot of marketing around it. Um, oh, yeah. Defenders had a lot of marketing around it. Uh, first season of Luke Cage, second season of um, Iron Fist. So, like, you've marketed before, but since it's come out that you're done with, with Marvel and, and partnering with them, you just kind of showed them. And th- the reason why it bothers me, and I'm sorry, T, I'm going to go right to you, is just because I see how hard they work um, to make these, these shows good. And to right. me, I think it's the spit in the face that you're kind of just like, it doesn't matter to me. Like, you all got paid. Cool. Well, you know, we'll do what we want, which is not market it. Um, kind of put out trailers that are somewhat confusing. Like I told you, I, I think I told you, Nick, it will forever infuriate me that Punisher structured that trailer to make it seem like the two big bads were teaming up with each other, and then that's not what happened. Like, I will forever despise the idea of how they marketed that trailer to make it seem like, uh-oh, what's Frank going to do when both these guys come together? And then it was like, no, Frank's going to finish Wait, one halfway. No, no, the they end? had no interaction. No, Jigsaw and um, the Pilgrim had no oh, interaction oh, whatsoever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of um, I'm thinking of Daredevil. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of the final oh, yeah, okay. of Daredevil. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, so that was just poorly done. So now, you know, since Punisher was one 
the last shows to to be put out before we obviously know we're not getting anything else. Now it's on Jessica Jones, and I'm curious how much of this trailer is misleading. Um, and, and to be fair, we know Marvel does that all the time. It, it, it swings it to where you're like, oh my god, when he said that, could that be with this scene? So it's it's been that doesn't done feel before. like this. No, yeah. th- thank you. That's exactly what I was going to get to. It doesn't feel like that. And um, after I watched this trailer, because the biggest thing I was hyped about coming out of season two that I didn't really enjoy was um, Hellcat. So that's yeah. the biggest thing I'm looking forward to in this season. Um, everything else to me was kind of just noise. Um, it, it literally was. So I, I'm just kind of like, whatever you guys do, I'm going to watch all of it. Um, I'm probably going to watch it twice like fully twice, because um, I know I'm going to be a little biased going into the first watch, so then I want to get all that out and then watch it again before I give a uh, <laughs> uh, a review of it, so I don't sound well, yeah, super I mean, biased. Sense, you know. Yeah, you're going to be like, yeah. well, I hate women, so I'm going to I'm gonna watch it going <laughs> in, and then I'm going to rewatch it. I'm going to watch it. it again, hoping that they all turn and, into and men. <laughs> put aside my hate for women and then like right. watch it for what it is yeah <laughs> right i mean it's gonna be difficult for me but i'll try um but no i i, I definitely get where you were talking about about um not really kind of hearing what the big bad guy um you know saying well towards the end of the trailer i really still don't fully get the because jessica jones what i think they never really um showed you in the first two seasons is that she's human with super abilities. Like, she's not Luke Cage. Like, right. you could stab she's Jessica Jones to death. Right. right. Like, you could stab her to death. You could shoot her in the head. Like, she could die. Right. Um, so, mm-hmm. this season seems like it's exposing the idea of that. But what I told you, Nick, that I despise about the teaser and now the trailer is that she's never considered herself a hero. She's never tried to be a hero. So you and now it's exposing like, her. Go ahead. Right. No, I agree. Like, like, and and maybe this is setting us up for a pivot. Um, that that could very well be it. But like, yes, she has never. It it doesn't make a whole lot of sense that the main antagonist would be like, you call yourself a hero, um, but you're you know you're not. And she, I mean, I mean, her response to that would be like, I never call myself a hero. I literally she says said it in the trailer. Times, I'm not a hero. <laughs> um, right. So, yeah, I mean, but I mean, I feel like they could set that up with this character not really knowing her and, and thinking he knows her. Um, but it's all going to be in the delivery. Yeah, I mean, I would say maybe the angle they're trying to take that the trailer maybe didn't really show was that maybe society, the town, the people right. to her, her a hero, and he's gonna sure. show her. He's gonna show them that she's not. Um, but right. to, to me, it's like that only affects the hero if they're trying to be a hero. She is not. Right. So it's like, who is that really going to affect? They they hated and despised her before. Um, remember season one where um, I believe she made the 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 comparison of I'm I'm not the big green guy. Like they considered her to be like the Hulk, where she just makes messes. Right. Um, she's destroying stuff. So, I mean, I just don't really get how that correlates to her character, but we will see. I'm sorry, Tia. I've talked for forever. Um, your thoughts on the Jessica Jones season three trailer? It actually worked out perfectly because right when it looked like it was my turn, um, my food delivery was buzzing the door. So I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yes. but, um, so, yeah, all good. Life but, uh, ties together perfectly. 
<laughs> you know, to me, and kind of before I go into the Jessica Jones thing, I do wonder if Daredevil and The Punisher, while they were filming, had kind of gotten wind um, that they probably weren't going to have another season. Because both, like, listen, we would have loved a fourth Daredevil. And you know me, I would have loved a third Punisher. Um, But both of those series both ended with series finales. Of course, they left it open where more of the story could have been told, absolutely. But for me, um, I I was satisfied with the end of those. Uh, Luke Cage and Iron Fist both ended in completely open where you know that they weren't expecting that at all. So it'll be interesting to see with Jessica Jones if they actually ended it in a series finale or it's going to be one of those things where it's like, wow, they were completely um, hit out of left field unless then they did get wind and went back and reshot, um, say, uh, a series finale. But as far as the trailer goes, I mean, we got a better look at the main bad, which is fine. I'm just not very, um, like, excited for this season. And as you guys were saying, Jessica Jones has never uh, wanted to be a hero in the defender, she walked away several times from it because she was like, I'm not a hero and it's not something that right. I want to do. So to me, I'm like, what are you really exposing other than the fact that maybe others think that she's a hero? But I don't even think that's the case. We saw in Mm-mm. the previous two seasons that people really don't like her. It's not like they're like, oh my God, it's Daredevil. Like if that was the case where, you know, they're exposing Daredevil, yes. But, like, not a lot of people like Jessica Jones. They all kind of think that she has way too much power and um, all of that. So I don't know where they're necessarily going with this. To me, uh, the most important part is that we're seeing that maybe Jess and Trish are finally moving forward with their relationship because that is one of the things that I absolutely hated about the second season was that, and it followed, like, the same formula that all of the other seasons kind of followed, like, in their second season, like, you know, with uh, Matt Murdock falling out with Foggy in the second season, Luke and Claire falling out in the second season. So it kind of just followed, like, a same formula that I was like, I didn't really need to see this. Um, you didn't really need to have Trish be the one that killed Jessica's mom. But so... To me, the only thing really that I'm interested in season three of Jessica Jones is just seeing how they're going to have those two get back together and realize that their bond is stronger than this, and maybe Jessica can realize that her mother was crazy and kind of needed to be taken out. Yeah, and yeah. I think ahead, I man. think too, I think that like to get like a little maybe societal on this, I feel like the villain of the show is like. He seems like the kind of guy who would identify as an incel, i.e., like oh an God, involuntary yes. celibate. <laughs> um, and like, I, I, I doubt they're gonna like play, like really play it up that way. But I think when we get done watching it, we're gonna be like, yeah, that dude's totally an incel. <laughs> like, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like so, all pent up anger against Jesse Jones is just because he can't get laid. That's all it is. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, why do you dislike Jessica so much? I mean, we have to see, like, was one of his um, family members killed by someone with abilities? Did something that she did 
kind of directly nope. affect him? Because why is he sitting there just so angry at Jessica Jones in particular? I mean, she's not the only, like, hyper-powered person in right. New York City. Luke, Luke Cage is yeah, sitting it's, right it's, there. It's, <laughs> it's the one attractive woman who's hyper-powered. He's an incel. He's really pissed off because he can't get late, so now he's taking it out on Jessica Jones. I'm just saying. <laughs> I will say, I will say, um, watching me being someone who watches all the CW shows, like all the CW shows follow the formula of I made my villain. I don't, I don't, I, 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 that's one thing in the superhero world I, I need us to really try our best to get away from um, because it's just been done so many times. Like we get it. We get it that Batman, like, when he was driving the Batmobile, fired like a rocket that missed the person he was trying to hit, blew up like your family's house, you lost your wife and your daughter, now you became a, a, a villain. Like, no, 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 no. Just have it be completely to where uh, he's looking to do something that she's, that she's in the way of, and that's how they become enemies. Um, but if you're telling me like, oh, maybe he was the reason they crashed, and, and you know, and, and that's how she got the, the powers. Like, no, don't go through all that. Just... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he's trying to steal my lane, Nick, and, and just hates women. That I, seems like knows? the kind of way they would do it, though, doesn't it? With a 13-episode yeah, season, they try to envelop him into her backstory somehow. and Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. does especially seem like that's with how it, they would do it. Especially with you know ending, what? you could say it's ending the way that it kind of truly began. Like, he's responsible right. for her. Bob. Yeah, mm, I'm going to hate yep. it, but I'm sorry. Go ahead, Tia. I was just going to say, I think Jessica Jones's biggest problem is that they could never get a villain as good as Kilgrave. They have that problem that, like, the MCU, the film franchise had for a long time with, like, not being able to get anyone who can compete with Loki. People love Kilgrave, like, love David Tennant's performance, and who can blame them? He was absolutely fantastic. So how do you follow that up? in the second season, it really just seems like they are struggling and have continued to struggle to really get to that point. And to me, yeah. they really showed their card in the second season when they brought uh, Kilgrave back as a, uh, a, a hallucination because it's like, it was the best episode in the season because Kilgrave was there. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, I think her mom, I think her mom as a villain just did not, it didn't, it didn't work. ever really like capture me like the way that Kilgrave did and the relationship that they built up between her and Kilgrave and the impact that it had with um you know her being the one to to kill Luke Cage's um wife and all mm -hmm. of that like there was so many implications there and like the whole mother aspect it just yeah I agree it just it, it never even came close to stacking up to that level of um, intrigue um, and I that hate, uh, David, David Tennant's Kilgrave did. And I hate the whole formula of you initially think that your parents are dead or someone's dead. It's like, no, they were really alive, but guess what? They're a bad person now. It's like, I don't like right. that. It's yeah. just going to get sloppy, and that's exactly what it did. Tropey. It sloppy. Yeah, it's tropey. Especially because, like, what's not good about using that formula is, like, like we know Bruce Wayne's parents dying is what made him Batman, right? So, like, if you right. tell me 10 years into him becoming Batman, turns out his dad is still alive, survived, never died, it kind of waters right. down the whole motivation for everything. Like, don't rob us sure. of that. 
like Jessica Jones had so much uh, like built up um, aggression towards the idea of feeling responsible that her parents and her brother died. So it's like you bringing one of the three of them back. Um, it's kind of like, you, no, like you set up that she feels right. all this and carries it. Let that be what motivates her to becoming a hero rather than now right. she has the and, face of mother. Yeah, and the like the whole notion that like she could find some kind of common ground or bond with her mother, that, that seemed forced too. Um, it, it, it to me is, is kind of one of the big pitfalls amongst a lot of them. From the Amazing Spider-Man Two, it's like when he like goes into that random subway or whatever, and like his father's like message is there, and then there right. was I I think there was like a cut scene where his father actually wasn't dead or some shit like that. Like it was just yeah. like oh my god, y'all y'all were trying to completely butcher Spider-Man's art. Like what the fuck were y'all doing? <laughs> right. Um, like that'd be as, and like that'd yeah, be as bad as like kinda, I kind of feel the same way with Jessica Jones. Like it just, it just didn't it it the reveal wasn't that impactful. Um, the climax wasn't that impactful. Like like um, Tia said, the biggest part of the climax was that um, Trish was the one who killed the mom, um, and and like that and that like that divide between those two characters. And it's like, dude, you could come up with something that would be way more impactful as far as a divide between those two characters rather than that. Just in and my honestly, opinion, yeah. And honestly, and I'll say one last thing. To me, the most exciting thing about the finale of Jessica Jones season two was the fact that they filmed that in Playland, which is an amusement park that's about 20, 25 minutes from where I live. So that was the only <laughs> thing. I was like, oh, shit, they're filming in Playland. I know that place. That like the, yeah, and that's like the most exciting part of it. <laughs> <laughs> and that is sad. <laughs> I, I think we I think we all can agree Um we will ease our way into the final season of Jessica Jones. Um, I'm no, I'm, I'm, hey, I'm very excited for the final season because I fucking love the first season. I, and, and I'm I with think, you on that. I feel like, I feel like the, like all of what I'm saying projects that I very much dislike the second season, and I don't. I think there's a lot of really good parts um, to the second season. I just thought the way that it ended was like, like with the 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 mother reveal and then the way that the, it, it concluded and everything I thought like it it just went off the rails a little bit at the end, um, but like there's a lot of that first or that second season that I I do genuinely like, um, it, but like you know it just it just it it kind of like I said fell off the rails a little bit, but because I love the first season so much and I love the character so much, um, I'm very excited for the third season. I am just trepidatious with you know because of all of the you know things we've discussed right so look i'm definitely gonna watch it a hundred percent um but episode three of swamp thing comes out friday also so i might watch that first then get into jessica jones who knows regardless all three of us gonna watch it when we watch it that's what's gonna be the most entertaining thing but um let's move on uh, as we're heading into our DC topic, we got more news coming. Well, Warner Brothers, rather. Uh, we got more news coming out of Warner Brothers. Um, according to Toby Emmerich, uh, he tells Deadline that after merger with AT&T, that they hope to revive um, the DC film universe, but that it will take great producers to do so. Great direct, uh, quote, great directors are the lifeblood of a studio, but they need great producers, unquote. 
Um, duh. I mean, yeah, yes, yeah. I mean, it kind of sounds like, yeah. Why was that never something you guys focused on? Is my real question. Um, but uh, before we get into our um, Comic Con conversation, I do want to discuss that because <clears throat> a lot of people are fearing that AT and T um, is not going to do what's best for DC, um, and I kind of feel the same. Um, I, I also kind of felt like Warner Brothers wasn't really doing what was best for DC. Um, but I would like to see someone aggressively go after buying DC from AT&T um, and Warner. Um, I, I just think a new home uh, with someone who sees that this is a billion-dollar um, investment will treat it as such. And, and will treat it to where you bring you in people that just care. Say it, say it again. Who you got in mind? Oof, that's rough. That's rough. I've been that, playing yeah, that, around. That's with the it. tough part. Yeah, I've been playing around with this. Me and Kanan had a conversation. I said if Netflix was smart, um, they would. They would. They would Ooh. think about it. Um, and if and the reason why I say if they're smart, they would think about it is because here's how: if you're Netflix, you could become a juggernaut. Um, and not necessarily better Shit. than Disney All Plus, but right DC there with content. them. You would put DC content on your app, and you would have theatrical releases. Those right. go hand in and hand. And that would be both that would be the big way for you to break into theatrical, um, right? You know, like not just semi-theatrical. Like it would be actual theatrical. Like yeah, right. If, that, so you would have. Two I, forms. If they got the money, man, I I don't know how much that would cost to buy. Oh DC. God, it would. AT and T would charge you. So freaking much. Yeah, for, I'm uh, thinking that. But if you're, somewhere between but, five and ten billion dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, <clears throat> excuse me. It's it, to me, I kind of feel like if you're Netflix, you got to find a way. Um, and, and if that means whatever way, pot, you just have to find a way because that right there. And we've seen what Netflix does with stuff that we hold dear. Um, like they were amazing with Daredevil. Like, you're telling me they can't do amazing things with Swamp Thing, with Titans, with Doom Patrol uh, on the Netflix app, and then theatrical releases of... Like, Netflix seems like they are um, very hands-off in the sense of, I hired a producer, I hired a director, I hired writers. You do what's best for the project. And through that, it will create... It will give us huge revenue. Um, and that they actually seemingly, do. Out of, it, it seems out of to any, be like out of any like sort of like quote unquote studio, they do seem like the most hands off. Like they're just like, right. we're gonna pay you this money to create this awesome content and create it, and we'll put it on there. Like they don't seem like they they definitely don't seem like the meddling type. Yeah. So to me, it's like Netflix makes the most. Um, because they need something like that. And, and I think, T, I, I believe me and uh, we were discussing this on Geeks Against the Green when we were talking streaming wars. Um, I feel like Netflix needs something that they could hang their, their hat on. Like now that they Hulu do. is part of, now that Hulu is a part of Disney and we'll get into the shows that Hulu is about to, to produce over there, um, that's going to be huge for them. The Boys coming out on Amazon, that's going to be huge for them. And I think if you're Netflix, like, Stranger Things needs to be on its way out. Like, I don't want to see them as adults. Like, they're, they're not adorable as adults. 
Um, you know, Correct. you do have stuff like Black Mirror, but that can only go for, for so long before it starts to become, all right, what do you guys like? You can't have the same writers. Like, it, it seems like someone's messing something up. Um, like well, a lot of their after origin- the last season. Yes, and we're we're definitely gonna do a review about this this last this last season that they just did. Um, a lot to talk about about that. But um, you need something to hang your hat on. And unfortunate, I don't want to say unfortunately because it's fortunately for us, we are in a market that is heavily driven by not only box office, um, but it's heavily driven by fantasy. It's heavily driven by superheroes, by by just things yeah. that aren't you or Black Mirror or um, you know stuff like that. So you could get uh, a property like Warner Brothers to where you could divide it, your streaming service, all all your uh, animated content, your backlogs, stuff like that. And would you, uh, and then you and can do you, theatrical releases. Good. And ju- and just with that, would you do you think you would get all of the DC streaming service content? Like, would you you be buying that too to put on Netflix? Yes. So yeah, all the and people who have not purchased that would be able to now watch it, and you could rope them in. So, like, right. another good selling point. And um, what I weirdly did not know, um, and, and I'll openly admit that I didn't know, Warner owns um, CW. So if you're Netflix, you could say, well, CW, goodbye. Um, we're taking our DC shows. Like, we're, we're done with it being cookie cutter. Um, we want to bring it to Netflix. Bring in really passionate sure. writers, producers, um, showrunners, and make it a bit more not grittier, but more grounded, um, kind of the same way we, we did the Defenders. And we could do a, a, a Justice League universe. On your right, service. exactly. And then you could bring them onto Netflix. But I'm sorry, I'm done talking. Let me pass it to you, Nick. Um, your thoughts on the idea of um, what Toby Emmerich was kind of, you know, speaking on along the lines of they need to do better by their producers. Um, that and then who you would like to see um, AT&T sell to. Again, AT&T is not selling everyone listening. We're not saying that, but I'm saying right. I do not think the best thing uh, the best thing for DC, just DC, is to stay at AT&T because they look to be entering a regime of money. Like they just want money. Meaning right. they could cut costs, they could do whatever as long as they're making that dollar. So I don't think they care about what we want. They care about what their pockets need. Um, and that's oh, sure. not good for a franchise like like the DC Universe because we've seen that over at Warner. Pure capitalism at its finest. Um, yeah, I, I, it, it's a tricky situation because, like, I mean, I feel like if you're um, AT and T, I, I think you made this purchase thinking that you could make a shit ton of money off of these movies. Um, and with Emmerich saying we need better producers and all of that. Um, or we need to give them more power, um, you know, a, a more ability to create what they want to create, any of that sort of jargon. Um, yeah, to me, I mean, what that says is we need to make more money, and this is probably the best way to make more money, um, which, <laughs> you know, is the ultimate goal of any uh, business. So, you know, I don't fault them for that. Um, I, I I think that – I mean ultimately it's smart. Um, again, we've said this countless fucking times. Create good movies. They will make money, <laughs> and that should be your bottom line. Um, like it, it, that's, that's 
essentially what it all boils down to. Um, or, like, even not good movies, but enjoyable movies. Like, that's the thing. That's the difference between Aquaman and Batman versus Superman. Because Aquaman is not that much better of a movie than Batman versus Superman, but it is way more fucking enjoyable to watch. Um, and thus, it, you know, creates a lot more fucking revenue. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I think that DC's just in, in so, it's so much flux right now. I would love for somebody net, like Netflix to just like swoop in and be like, we will buy all of your DC content for $5 billion. And like for AT&T to be like, shit, $5 billion and we don't have to worry about this anymore. Sure. Um, but I don't foresee that happening. I think they just they they feel like they look at like Marvel and Disney and feel like no, this is too big of a cash cow. Like five billion dollars ain't gonna cut it. And then like you know when it comes to Netflix, it's like well, I mean we can't go bankrupt to buy DC, you know. Um, so I, I I think you would probably be at an impasse there. Um, though I would love that fucking idea. I, I think like a, just have like having DC's content go into a streaming service that everybody already has would be so wildly popular, um, with, you know, the, the, the comic book community and the, the general audience going community, um, as a whole, um, that I think it would be a, a, Definitely, like five billion dollars, that'd be a well worth investment. But like when you're talking about like getting to ten or like higher, like it's like, dude, like, come on, dude, I'm not, I'm not throwing that kind of money at it, you know? Right. Um, right. So yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, it just depends on what each side would want in in a transaction like that. Um, but I mean, it, it does make a lot of sense. It really does. I I, I do think um, it's you know. I would compare it, Juwan, to like when I throw out a mock trade, a mock NBA trade, and like, you know, uh, it, it makes so much sense that it's never going to happen. <laughs> and <laughs> like, and then, you know, you're just like, yeah, it's, it's great. It helps both sides. Like, everybody benefits. It's all good. And like, you know, but like, it, it just makes too much sense. Like, no one's going to do it. <laughs> and, right. um, you know, because there, there will ultimately be one or both sides with like their hangups as to why they won't do it. Um, and they won't see the benefits that we see. Uh, and you know, they'll be at an impasse and that's, that's what we'll get. Um, but nevertheless, I do really love the notion of like Netflix being like the, the carrier of, of DC content. Um, and like using that as the platform to really get them into the movie theaters and, uh, you know, uh, make that next step forward as a production company. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I I definitely don't think it'll happen. Uh, but there's so many pros to me that outweigh any amount of cons on either side. Um, and you know, I think it'd be great. Yeah, and to me, the biggest thing if you're Netflix, like let's say, um, like. AT&T was serious about selling it, right? Um, sure. And yeah. they told you it would cost you $20 million, uh, $20 billion, I'm sorry, $20 billion. Um, I think if you're Netflix and you could swing it, 
You do because what DC brings you financially, if done correctly, which I trust that they would, um, is more than anything you you have currently um, in your you know in your um, in your streaming service. Like, yeah, right, DC it, would, very would gross least, you way more. Yeah, at the very least, it would be something that you could rely on year in year out for the next twenty years. Um, yeah. or longer, um, or and, really forever. And think of it like this, because like, it's forever money. So the idea of you could do animated shows, you could do um, live-action shows, you could do live-action movies on Netflix that you don't release in theaters that are maybe about smaller characters. Um, right. Like someone said, this, someone said this to me, Tia, and now I can't get out of my head. Someone said if they were going to do a Rorschach show, um, as much as I would die to get the original actor back, how dope would it be if John Bernthal was Rorschach? And then I was like, he's too tall, yeah. but I swing it. I could 100% swing it because he sounds like the biggest thing I loved about mm-hmm. Rorschach in The Watchmen was what he sounded like. Um, like to me, but I he, just, he just doesn't look but, anything like Rorschach, though. I mean, I guess no, he just had him behind the mask the whole time, but that's my like, point, right. Yeah, Put him behind like, the mat. No. I, I, no. I, no. Yeah, I don't want no. you to cover him up. No. <laughs> you don't want me to cover yeah. him up. <laughs> I, yeah. Like that, why would, I mean, why if would you, you ask like, that? Listen, hey, Juwan, if you were bringing DC to Netflix or, you know, and having all of that, and you could have anybody that you wanted, like, like to cast as John Bernthal, like, there'd be so many better options. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I won't argue that not even one one iota. Um, but anyway, the the point I was trying to make is like everything Warner Brothers and A&T, what well, Warner Brothers is trying to do as movies. I think Netflix could do as a live action series or a live action like um, Plastic Man doesn't need a movie. Um, yeah. Jaime, or just be unless, a Netflix movie, or just be a Netflix movie. Jaime, unless he is replacing Cyborg which I'd be 100% okay with if you're doing a soft reboot of DC Universe, that he does not need a movie. Like, I'm sorry, but Blue Beetle does not need a movie. Um, Booster Gold does not need a movie. Like, these are all characters that you could make into shows or just Netflix films. Um, so, I mean, if you're Netflix, you got to think of it like half your catalog could be DC, and that could be more than enough. Um, you could still have your Black Mirror, your stuff like that. Um, but you'd grow so much money, whether it's through your streaming service or in the box office, that it would make up for that twenty billion you just spent um, to buy to buy Warner Brothers. But Nick, Tia, we both know AT and T is way too smart than to lowball them. I think Disney bought Star Wars and and Marvel for way more than than twenty billion. billion. I could be wrong. It was four billion. No, it's four billion. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, because at the time, Marvel, Marvel wasn't as like popular, so I think that right. was probably a big reason as well as to why the, like, the price point was so price. low. I'll say yep. this: that should go in favor of <laughs> of Netflix because DC is not. So that's why I was, that's what I was saying between five and ten billion. Like okay. that would be yeah. a ballpark estimate that I feel like um, Netflix would be comfortable with. Um, and you know, if, if you're AT&T and you have Warner Brothers, um, 
you know, it it just depends. Do you do you, like when you look look forward through the future? Do you think do you think like having these properties, uh, you know, is, is going to be your ultimate cash cow, or do you think like that you can make that money up elsewhere and and bank on the fact that you're getting guaranteed money? Um, it, I mean, it's a big question, but like I don't like seriously, I don't think twenty billion is out of the question for what they would want. Um, in order to sell that franchise, I really don't. I I, I think because um, when you project forward, um, you know, twenty, thirty, forty years, you're easily going that that twenty billion is easily going to be made up. So, um, right, yeah. I mean, it's just it it it's a question of what what number is both sides going to be comfortable with, and I just don't feel like whatever number that you know. AT&T would be comfortable with is going to line up with the number that Netflix would be comfortable with. I, I don't disagree, but if you're Netflix, you, you got to do it. You got to do it only because I think the more streaming services become the norm, um, the more your competition is just going to become so out of hand um, and out right. of reach and if you set it's just going to be hard to, having, to play catch up. And if you set yourself apart by having all of the DC content, then you're like, you've got, you, you're basically, you're getting ahead of the game. You're getting ahead yeah. by um, having a property that is just going to be a financial cash cow for the foreseeable future. And yeah, in that sense, I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. Because we're seeing superhero movies aren't just pulling in diehard fans. They're pulling in casual fans. So what that means is, unless superhero movies all of a sudden in the next 20 years completely nosedives, which I think we all can agree just not going to happen, um, you know, you want something that you oh, know no, you have a Oh, no, it'll probably happen. In the next 20 years? Yeah. It will take a nosedive. Like, what I mean by nosedive yeah. is, like, superhero movies I know weren't what you mean. really... Okay, I, I, I disagree. Yeah. Not in 20 years. No, I mean, dude... A lot can happen in 20 years. People are going to get tired of it, just like people got tired of Westerns in the 40s and 50s. Um, like Just like people got tired of gangster films, uh, it, it took a longer time for that to pan out. But like from the 70s, 80s, and 90s, like gangster films were like the shit. And like now, like you, when you when you see a gangster film, it's it's usually like a direct to red box, 50 cent piece. You know, like maybe Ray Liotta makes an appearance in it, but like it does. Like they're not, they're not big anymore. They used to be, but they're not. Um, superhero movies will make the same kind of nosedive. It, who's to quantify how long it will take? But it will happen. Like it's just that well, it, that's what happens with movies. Like that's in I'll history. In and, and granted, it's a small sample size. Um, we have about a hundred years to look back on to like. Um, make predictions as far as the swings of um how how people um you know go see movies um but and and, and like even furthermore like look at the the quote unquote um blockbusters um that yeah, like I would I would qualify the first major blockbuster as jaws um in 1975 uh and the last major blockbuster maybe as like like 
Titanic, as far as like not having like a sci-fi element to it, Avatar, if you're going to bring that sci-fi element to it, but like the blockbuster like movies have been completely overrun by comic book movies now. Um, but like that's just that's going to fade out too. Like that it will it, eventually it will. Um, now whether it takes twenty years, thirty years, forty years, who knows? Um, but to to think that like any particular genre is here to stay. Um, I, I think it's just plain gullibility. Well, I'll say this. I don't – I could definitely see superhero movies not being as big as they are now, but taking a nosedive – like, Westerns just purely almost don't exist. Um, I, I think maybe outside of Quentin Tarantino reviving it um, here and there in his in aspects of his movies, you probably wouldn't even see yeah, it as far as at like, all. As far as, like, but, big – I mean, there's some great westerns out there that have hit like within the last few years. I mean, right. but like as far as like being huge cash cows, no, they don't. I think the last the last one was Django Unchained. Um, well, maybe maybe the Hateful Eight, but yeah. like you said, the the Tarantino element like holds a lot of water. Um, but right. like, yeah, outside I of that, think... you probably have to go back to like '93 with Tombstone. I think or maybe they Unforgiven, will Unforgiven. Was maybe a little later than that, but like it, it was still in the same range. I think that was like 93, 92, somewhere in there. I'm just saying, I think they will still be um, a thing. I think they will still affect box office. Um, it, only because I, I don't see, and again, I'm only talking right now. I'm not projecting, just talking right now. I don't see sure. this generation, this current generation at all interested in original movies. Um, I see them interested in whatever is the most popular. Um, and see, I, I think it's more the older generation, honestly. That's interested in what's popular? The, the newer generation purely is, is tweeting about what's, what's hot, what's the thing to watch, and I never see it being sure. original content. I see it being whatever uh, is really? the biggest box office. Yes, mm-hmm. if you look at Twitter, I don't see people going, yo, you just see Roma last night? Like, Roma was dope, wasn't it? Shape of the Water? No, 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 but Roma's a bad example. No. Roma's never going to be a movie that makes a lot of money. What what I'm saying no, is, I'm like, but like you, you, look at like, you look at young people not, and not how they talk it. about, like, strength. No, but you look at young people and, like, look at how they talk about Stranger Things or something like Game of Thrones or, like, the, those are all, like, new content. I think that the, like, the remake, like, trying to remake movies uh, side of things that's that's more in line with people that are at the very least our age or older um, that like want like want something that like they um, can jive with that they can connect with they can they, they can harken back to something they saw when they were a child like you think the average like sixteen year old ever saw Predator or Terminator or any of those movies like, I doubt it um, so like you know when you when you get further beyond that um they're going to want new content they're going to have new things that they um connect with uh and and maybe that is superhero movies but like maybe it's not maybe they feel like they grow out of them um i don't know i mean it's it's all a it's all a fucking wash man like no one can predict it um but i'm just saying like if history um has proven anything it's that every genre has its day in the sun, and then 
you know, ultimately has to walk off into the sunset. We shall see because I can tell you right now the landscape of Twitter and uh, uh, which is pretty much the essence of this this current generation, um, they eat up whatever is a box office hit. You just rarely outside of reviewers um, and passionate film fans. Uh, no one just really talks about original content. You get the constant superhero talk. You get uh, comedies is something I think will grow to be bigger um, than what it has been in the past five, ten years. Um, I could 100% see that, um, but maybe not with the sensitive culture we're in. But um, I, I definitely do see uh, superheroes still being uh, a juggernaut 10, 20 years from now. But I could 100% be wrong because obviously, like you said, history has shown no one's king for forever. Um, but Tia, me and Nick definitely just dedicated an hour to each other. Um, your thoughts <laughs> on um, where you would like to see, like, and I do want to stress this uh, as I pass it to you, Tia. I think I'm being unfair to AT&T by saying um, I, think, uh, I think DC would be better under someone else's management. I don't think AT&T has had a fair um, shot at, like, establishing, like, hey, all right, we got all the rights to, you know, to Warner and everything. Here's how we're going forward. Um I think they do deserve a chance. Um, They've always had but, all the rights to Warner. What the fuck are you talking about? No, They've always I'm had saying, the advantage to to Marvel. They've always had the rights to all their characters, and they still managed to fuck it up. I don't. I'm saying the way that they're trying to go now is what I'm going to judge AT and T off of, which is why I said last week, reboot it all, call it a whole new regime. And then if everything is still okay. horrible as it has been, Fair enough. Okay. then it's like, right. all right, cool. Right. There's, there's nothing else you could say to us that would make us have right. faith in you. But I think the problem so, is it's all with AT- I get what you're saying. With AT&T buying Warner Brothers, like AT&T hasn't had the opportunity yet. Sure. Right. So I'm saying I, I'm yeah. being very unfair um, when I say they should sell the right. But I just feel like knowing big companies like an AT&T are very interested in the dollar. Um, and sometimes that results in not the best of movies, um, but movies that are still watchable enough to make a lot of money. Um, so Tia, my, my question to you is, do you kind of feel um, as if that could be something that is, the new direction for AT&T to where they're more about their dollar than quality content. Um, and if you do think that they're more about the dollar, where you'd like to see them sell to. Um, but yeah, I, I just, sorry. I, I do think I'm being very unfair to them. Like I, I'm listening to myself back and I'm like, they barely had a shot. But how do you see the landscape of AT&T um, in the DC universe? I mean, we're going to have to see where everything goes with DC just in general with the movies, uh, with the DC Universe app. Um, Obviously, everyone is mourning the fact that Swamp Thing got canceled based off of some paperwork, I believe, is what is being kind of, uh, you know, thrown around there. So. It'll be interesting to see what happens moving forward with AT&T. I suppose that we should give it a shot. I did like um, 
everything that you guys brought up about Netflix potentially taking over uh, DC content, although I will forever be salty about what they did with Marvel. So I'm just saying DC fans, uh, watch out. <laughs> Maybe you'll have like five solid years, and then next thing you know, all your life favorite shows will be canceled. So who knows? That's um, <laughs> a very good point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm almost thinking that maybe Apple should turn around and try and make Ooh. a grab for them because I think we were talking about this in our Geeks Against the Grain when we were speaking about the streaming services that Apple is coming out with its own streaming service. They just released a trailer for all uh, for all mankind, and they have yeah. uh, several and- other projects that they're coming. But that's just original content they have really no library behind them so they would do well with wanting to bring something in that has this massive library and be able to produce it because who is necessarily and one would think they have to... more disposable income than, right. than netflix yeah. absolutely absolutely and who you know would really want to like who would really want to pay the extra money for this Apple streaming service, yeah, I mean, it looks like they're going to have, like, nice original shows, but you're not necessarily uh, going to really jump at the chance to subscribe to this subscription unless no. you knew that it had something that was really alluring and they could have something like Netflix originally did with the Marvel um, content. So I'm almost thinking that if Apple was smart, and as you said, Nick, with the nice disposable income that they probably have, that they might want to make a play for it as well. Yeah, Apple was my landing spot for Sony um, because Sony needs to sell. Uh, and, and that's coming a lot sooner rather than later. Um, Apple was my thought for, for that. Um, but DC is all in the same uh, because I know when I heard that they were doing their own streaming service, I'm like, all right, I I see exactly what you did, Apple. You literally got all of the best actors that we know because we've seen them recently um, and you just put them all in shows here. But it's like, you got to think where you grab the actors from um, and kind of give us elements of that. Um, And albeit, go ahead. Sorry, I'm going to make a really, like, asinine comment right now, um, just to be funny. Disney is going to grab up DC and just completely dominate both fucking sides. (laughs) Kanan was saying how Disney was was interested um, in in DC before they got um, Marvel. Uh, And if it was a thing up... Go ahead. I just want to throw some figures out there real quick. Um, So I I just looked it up. Apple is worth... Uh, approximately one trillion dollars. Netflix mm-hmm. is worth three point seven billion. Netflix Ooh. is worth three point seven percent to Apple's one hundred percent in that in that nice. you know analogy. So like, dude, I think T is right. Like, if Apple wants to get in the game, like that's the company that could like be like, we want to buy DC. We will. We don't care how much it costs. We will fucking pay it. We're worth a we're worth one trillion dollars. Um, we'll fucking pay whatever. Whereas if you're worth three point seven billion dollars, do you want to pay five billion dollars to get those properties? Be like, do you think that's worth it? But if you're yeah. worth a trillion, you're like twenty billion dollars. Sure, why not? You know, like that's that's only a fucking fifth of our value. Like, and we think we can make that up. Like. 
that that makes a whole lot more sense to me. Apple makes a shit ton more sense to me. And if 100%. Apple brings and if Apple brings the same sort of production value that it looks like they're going to be bringing to their original content. I mean, again, they have Steven Spielberg, you know, stepping in for this. They could potentially really bring um, a, a higher quality to DC uh, content than we have seen, you know, in some of the movies recently. I think that honestly, it would be at, like, not to say that that's chump change for Apple, but it's kind of chump change for Apple. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it's, it really is. And like, if, if, if there was a company that has the resources and the, the monetary assets to be able to like, give AT&T what they want, it would be Apple. Now, this would be the big question. Would AT&T want to sell to Apple given no. they are somewhat competitors? Uh, no, yeah, I, I, I think, think that would I be think the big the, question. I think the, the thing you would have between the both of them, Nick, is what you're seemingly having between the Pelicans and the Lakers right now. To where it's like, right, yeah. I, I don't want to deal to you. I just don't like, want to sell to you. I don't want to yeah. deal to you. Right. Especially our, yeah. one of our best assets, I don't want to give to you. Um, right. So I think that's going to be what the biggest issue is. That's why I thought Apple should just buy Sony, get all that catalog, um, and kind of put that catalog on your platform. Also, like, with these streaming sense. services are going to have to... Starts and the biggest reason why I want Sony to sell Nick. Here's the biggest reason. Here's the kicker, everyone. Spider-Man's rights would have to directly go back to Marvel, meaning we don't have to worry oh, about bidding war. If they sold, yeah, right. but we don't have to worry the about cost of the sell. You would want to sell Spider-Man back to Disney outright and then sell your that's that's company. what Sony that's what Sony behind the scenes is working on right now. Because remember, Holland, uh, not Holland. The agreement is up next month. They're right. talking about that right now because, like, I, I just yeah. told you guys, watch out for this. Sony is selling sooner rather than later. So they want to get yeah. Spider-Man taken care of. Then they can sell their catalog. Um, so that's going to happen sooner rather than later. Um, that's why I think Apple, if you're smart, buy Sony. Netflix, if you're smart, find a way to buy DC. Marvel, you get uh, Disney, you get Spider-Man drops in your lap. Um, even if you do have to spend a lot of money, it's still a gift that keeps on giving. You're such a corporatist, um, Juwan. Say it again? I said you're such a corporatist. You just want all these my big corporations to get bigger and bigger. Try my best, man. I like Golden State. I like the idea of the bigs getting bigger. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah. I'm a Bernie Sanders guy. Like These billionaires need to fucking stop making money. <laughs> I can't argue with that. Need to um, spread, spread the web you around. You didn't do a very good impersonation there. I'm so sorry. I'm not Dane. I'm not Dane. Like, what can I say? He's so uh, good at those. Just, I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, dude. When he did Trump the other day, I was like, oh my god, dude. Like, you should add that to your repertoire. <laughs> Great. I, I I was driving when you guys were doing that, and I laughed out loud. The person next to me must have thought I was like nuts, just laughing in my car because I thought it was so yeah. funny. Oh, dude, it was fucking perfect. By the way, check um, out everybody. Check out Monday. Monday suck. Uh, Mondays six o'clock. Check it out. 
Absolutely. All right. So let's move on to one of the biggest things that came out. Warner Brothers DC to skip Hall H this year. Warner Brothers to still have small panels. Instead, marketing for Wonder Woman 84 and Birds of Prey to be delayed till later this year. Also, cancellation of Swamp Thing. Um, also, the DC app to be reevaluated. Now, Swamp Thing is being shopped around. Um, one of the two places uh, is um, Netflix or HBO. Uh, I pray it's HBO. Please let it be HBO. Um, all right. So the biggest thing everyone freaking out, Warner Brothers has stuff to show, but decided not to have Hall H this year. To me, not a big deal. It's not a big deal, not even in the slightest. I approach it, Nick, the same way I told you I approached the Knicks this year. I don't need to know anything you're doing. I, I, I don't. Just do what's best for the organization. That's all I ask. So if that means at the end of the day, we have winning products, that's all I care about. So what I was saying on Twitter was, everyone who's thinking that this is like the end of the world, like how could you pass this up? You're stupid, especially since Disney probably um, will save the Marvel stuff for D23. The stage is yours. The reason why I don't care is because what is the one thing we all want from, from DC movies? For them to be good, right? Good movies. So yeah. does, does them going to Hall H guarantee us having good movies? No. Nope. So if you're telling me you don't go to Hall H, but you give us good movies, I would tell you I don't give a damn if you never go back to Hall H. I want good movies. So to me, I don't care. Like, all right, cool. You go to Hall H, you show me a Wonder Woman trailer, I go see the movie, I don't like it. What, what did that do for me? Except now build my expectations for the movie. So if you're telling me you'd rather wait to start your, your, um, your, uh, your marketing so closer to when the movies come out, by all means, do it. Because then I don't have that much time all right, Birds of Prey is about to be a classic. All right, Wonder Woman's about to be a box office smash. And then, like, I'm waiting a year, it comes out, and I didn't like it. I've had a year now to build on this expectation and this hype, and it didn't live up to it. So if you're telling me Birds of Prey comes out February and the marketing starts in November, I could live with that. If you're telling me Wonder Woman comes out in July and December we get our first trailer, I could live with that. So to me, it's like Hall H. Like, I think we've overvalued what um what we expect from san diego comic-con from our comic book um franchises and i just i don't think it's as important as everyone makes it no it's fun that's not um don't don't get me wrong it's so much fun it's it'd be great to see robert pattinson get up on stage with matt reeves and they bring out the rest of the cast that'd be great it'd be so much fun but like it's not it's not something that if you don't do i'm now like all right well F it. I don't want to see Batman now. No. So to me, the biggest thing is you want good movies. Them skipping Hall H, nothing to do with a movie being good or bad. Uh, Nick, your thoughts on Warner Brothers skipping out on Hall H, but still having small panels um, for Warner Brothers and, and DC. Like CW will probably have a panel to, to hype up the, the new seasons of all the sure. shows and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm ultimately with you here. I think that um, the notion that, like, Hall H is, is like, it, it's got this, this reputation that far um, supersedes its actual value, in my opinion. Um, yeah, it, it, it gets a lot of hype, and it gets a lot of people excited. Um, it gets all of the people excited who are go- going to be excited anyway. <laughs> um, so... 
in that sense, like, is it that valuable? I don't know. Maybe you want to use it for, say, a project like, I don't know, Dune. Uh, you know, Denny Villeneuve's Dune, who's got a star-studded cast. It's a Warner Brothers project. Um, well, it's a legendary project, but it, which has ties to Warner Brothers. Um, and, like, maybe that would be a great Hall H thing. Get Denny Villeneuve out there with Josh Brolin and all those other like uh, uh, Jason Momoa and like all those other big actors who they've signed on for for this project and like really try to pump that up um, and get like all of those like um, Comic Con geeks excited for that. That would make honestly more sense to me than trying to get them hyped for something that they're already going to be hyped for anyway um so like and i I really hope we get like a really awesome cool exclusive dune panel um and and that would just be by bias as far as i'm like way more hyped for dune than i am any dc property that might come out in the next five years um so uh so there's that you know but uh yeah i mean ultimately i i don't think it's that big of a deal um I think uh, if they had a lot of cool stuff to show, they would be there, and they probably don't. Um, like they 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 feel like they um, the juice isn't worth the squeeze this year, uh, so to speak. And like, dude, like I don't I don't think because they're not going to be there, that means Marvel's going to take over the panel and and. Blah blah blah. Mar- When's the last time Marvel was at Hall H? I don't even remember the last time. They the Brie were there. Larson announcement, um, I believe, was the last the last big Marvel Hall H. Um, yeah, it was the so same what? year. It was Black Panther, Guardians, three, four two. years ago. Yeah, Spider Man was there. Like yeah. a lot of the the big Marvel uh, stars right. were there, and then Brie Larson came out. Yeah, so that was years ago. Right. Yeah. So like you know, I mean, it, it we we get it in ebbs and flows. And, um, you know, if if all you got is, you know, the Wonder Woman thing and, you know, the, the, the obviously you got Pattinson as Batman, but that's kind of like the, the hit or miss. You don't – you're not going to have a whole lot to show from that, um, if anything. Uh, and then, you know, maybe you have some Suicide Squad footage, maybe. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I just – I don't, I don't fault them for being like I, had, I don't, I don't think this is the right year for us. Like maybe we'll wait till next year and then we'll have a lot more cool shit to show. Um, they, like you don't have to show up just to show up. Like you should show up because you got like a lot of cool shit to show off, and that's just how I feel. They did say they will be back to Hall H next year. Um, right. So right. So obviously they feel more comfortable with next year. But here's the biggest reason, Nick. Why I say I don't need Warner Brothers DC specifically DC um, to be at Hall H if they don't feel like they need to. Do you remember last year's Hall H? And I, I could be mixing Hall H up with another convention that they went to, but I don't think I am. Um, so let's go along the lines of it was Hall H. Do you remember the big announcement at Hall H last year? Tia, Nick, either no. one of you know where I'm going with this? No, I don't. Yeah. It was when the entire Justice League came out, and Ben Affleck gave us the, I'm staying, I'm your Batman, we got a lot we're working on, 
I can't wait, guys. And then, right. weirdly and magically, we now have a new Batman. So do you see where I'm coming from, where Hall H could yeah. hype you, and then they could change things? We also don't right. still have the Flash. We also have nothing about Henry Cavill coming down the pipe. Uh, Ray Fisher seems to be out as Cyborg. So things change. Right. So it's like, don't build the hype, and then you change everything you just built. Just yeah, give just me wait till what the hype you specifically have. Right, just right. give me when you specifically have something, and then that is what I can chew on. So to me, everyone who was flipping out, I'm like, they didn't miss an opportunity. They just chose not to, to honestly shit the bed again. That's what they chose. And to me, I, I don't ever fault that. Don't come out and make yourself look stupid for no reason. For what? It's a DC movie with, with Batman, with uh, the Suicide Squad, with Wonder Woman, with Birds of Prey. People are going to go see it. So you don't show up, they're still going February. You do show up, they're still going February. So to me, right. it was you didn't miss out on anything. But um, Tia, what are your thoughts on Warner Brothers DC skipping Hall H this year? Um, I mean, to me, it's not that big of a deal. You know, um, I don't know. I, I just, what do they really necessarily have except for releasing, say, Robert Pattinson to the world? They're just not ready for that yet. And that's smart. Keep it close to the chest don't really put all your cards down on the table. If you don't have a whole lot to really show, then don't show it. As you said, we're still going to see it. You're still going to see behind the photos um, online. You're still going to get interviews, Variety, The Hollywood Reporter. They all come out with things. So it's not necessarily a bad thing to me. Um, not sure why people are thinking that this is because of Marvel, except for the fact that if you say anything horrific about DC, then you're just doing that because of Marvel or some shit like that. So to me, it, it just doesn't really matter. I'm not that like I wasn't upset about it. I was like, oh, okay, they're skipping us this year. That happened. So I don't I don't know really what to say about it other than I'm not sure why people are making such a big deal out of it. I'm completely with you. I will say the really cool thing, though, about this, Tia, you know what that means for, for us, right? What? All this stuff is probably going to premiere at New York Comic Con. So it's like, we'll be there for that. That's going to be awesome. Um, Which yeah. is so, I mean, it's if I could bitch for, like, just two seconds, it always annoys me that there doesn't seem to be as much as near Comic-Con. I'm like, where's the second biggest than San Diego Comic-Con? And, like, no guests come to ours or anything like that. I mean, like, New York Comic-Con has grown so much that it's not even in just the Jacob Javits Center anymore. It had to then branch out to Madison Square Garden, which – Hashtag so sad that we never got to even see the Daredevil panel, but it's okay. Yeah, I guess they suck I'll for that. Get over it. <laughs> they suck for that. MSG, you mm. suck for that. You you really do need to talk to your workers because they're the worst. You guys oh, really suck they for were that. So bad. Um, it's so horrible. That's why KD's um, not coming. Yeah, that that's essentially why he he couldn't get into Daredevil. So that that's what that's what made him not want to go. Um, but no, I will say that. Um, Tia, we're specifically getting, um, like we did last year, all the DC um, universe, like the, the Titan show. Um, we'll probably get something for I'm trying to think what else comes out around that time. We're going to be getting a lot at New York Comic Con this year. 
Um, but to me, like I said, no big deal. Who cares? Doesn't matter. Let, let's just move on. Um, all right. So I see that we don't have that much time. So I want to move us along. I want to get into, I feel like we talk so much Warner Brothers. I want to get into a little bit of outside of Warner Brothers just for a second. And then we get right back into Warner Brothers. Um, <laughs> all right. So two things I want us to talk about. Both, I want us to be somewhat, not rush it, but somewhat quick with. Um, Marvel slate of upcoming films will be revealed at Disney D23 Expo August 24th, which is my birthday. So none of y'all better be watching that expo. You better be paying me all the attention in the world or you're fired. Um, no, but seriously, um, I'm excited for Those that. The only thing that's making me a little sad is that we did get a report that Fantastic Four seemingly is not in the current slate. Um, which to me, uh, okay, whenever you give it to us, Kevin Feige, I mean, at this point, when you gave us the first Iron Man, I didn't expect we'd get Thor, Captain America, Hulk, like, so I'll wait. <laughs> and now we have so many more characters since then, so I will wait. Um, but also on the flip side of that, Blade rumored to make his MCU debut um, on Hulu, possibly, having his own series Makes going sense. along with Ghost Rider. Um, so two huge things uh, coming out of that. Nick, I'll, I'll start with you. Your thoughts on uh, Marvel Slate coming out at D23, um, which is not really news. They always, well, not always, but they recently have done that. Um, and the idea of us getting Blade, um, you know, on Hulu. Well, as far as Blade on Hulu, it makes sense, especially given that they announced recently that they're going to do um, Ghost Rider and Hellstrom on Netflix. So that, that adds like a good little trifecta of like more adult content shows. They wouldn't make sense for the movies because it would be more R-rated. Um, wouldn't make sense for Disney Plus, again, because it would be more R-rated. So like I, I love that. I think that makes total sense. I'll be very interested to see who they cast as Blade. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love it. I think that makes a lot of sense. And, and, you know, I look, I look forward to seeing, uh, you know, what, what the cast is and, and, and what the storyline is. Um, as far as them announcing their projects, uh, here at D23, uh, in, in late August, uh, just a couple days after my birthday. In fact, my birthday is August 22nd. I play a show August 23rd, and then we're going to get these announcements August 24th. So it's going to be a good fucking weekend for me. Like, it's going to be fucking amazing. <laughs> um, but uh, as, far as, as far as those announcements, like, I'm very excited to see what gets officially announced. Um, we knew that this would be coming this year um, because we finally got through um, uh, Endgame. Uh, and so it it, it 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 does intrigue me what the announcement will be and how far into the future it will go, um, and you know what movies that will entail. Like I mean, anybody who's a fan of comic book movies or MCU movies or whatever is, is going to be super excited to see what's the next slate of movies. We've all had our speculation. There are certain ones that are obvious with the ones they currently have in production um, or, you know, the movies that they, um, you know, obviously will make sequels for. Um, but, like, let's say we get, like, a, a Thor sequel that we're like, 
that you know that that would be super cool. Or let's say we just get something like totally off the wall that we weren't expecting, like a Namor movie. That would be cool. Um, so uh, you know, like I said, there's 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 the ones that we are totally expecting. Whether it's a Doctor Strange sequel, Black Panther sequel, Ant Man sequel, um, uh, uh, the Eternals, uh, Guardian sequel, like those are all things that we're expecting. The Black Widow movie. If it's just all of those movies, it won't be nearly as exciting. But if they throw in like a couple of movies that we weren't expecting, um, whether it be like Nova or like you know anything outside of the spectrum uh, that you know we haven't that we don't know is coming down the pipe. That's what's going to be really intriguing. And then that'll throw us into this like cycle of, all right, who do we want to see play Nova? Who do we want to see play, um, you know, any of these given characters? Uh, So that'll be a lot of fun. Um, Yeah. Very much look forward to it. I will say as far as blade, keep an eye out for John Boyega. Um, Mm. But Tia, Fuck yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that is definitely a name that um, if I'd say close to the end of this year, um, they make official, wouldn't be shocked. Um, just don't know how you're working John Boyega into doing a Hulu series. Um, but I mean, I, we've seen we've seen Stranger Things, um, so I wouldn't be shocked if it happened. Um, but yeah, Tia, your thoughts on Marvel Slate being revealed at D23? And then the rumor of Blade's uh, debut on Hulu. Well, first of all, I'm really excited to see what they have announced. As you, as you guys said, I almost said like you guys, which is like completely New York of me. Let me stop that. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get a Doctor Strange 2, a Black Panther 2, the Black Widow. I want to see something like really exciting. Um, just pop up because it's always fun when there's new cast things and new characters show up. Um, hopefully they, uh, you know, kind of promote more of, say, like Shang-Chi, because that's an upcoming project. So I think that that would be your opportunity to really get that out there and talk about that. Maybe a casting announcement would be fun. Jenna Reeves uh, should direct. To direct? That would, that would yeah. be badass. Yeah. Absolutely, we did that would be... and that was the super fucking badass. So I'm just saying. Yeah, totally. I'm so cool for that. Um, I would love to see that maybe promote the Eternals a little bit more. Maybe you're having Angelina Jolie there or something. Richard Madden. You know, maybe we get confirmation that Keanu Reeves is in it. So something just like really noteworthy. I think that they should you know, like hold that in their pocket. Like this is when we're going to announce this one thing that's going to make everyone just go eat shit. Uh, as far as Blade coming on Hulu, yeah. I mean, when they first announced that Hellstrom and uh, oh shit, Ghost Rider were going to Hulu, people speculated that Blade might be the next one. And I think it only makes sense. If Hulu is looking to do this world building with the grittier, darker characters, um, of Marvel, similar to the way Netflix did. It would be super smart to bring Blade in. It's time, you know, it's been a long time since Leslie Snipes has been Blade, and people have been wanting it. They've been yearning for it. Let's get a younger uh, Blade in, and you can do all those things on Hulu that it just wouldn't be, um, it would be a disservice 
to bring him into the current MCU in film just because they wouldn't be able to make it as dark as they would like to make it. I think that the only thing that we're going to get close to being like more grittier and adult was Captain America, the Winter Soldier, and probably the upcoming Black Widow movie. But besides that, um, I just don't think that there would be room for the tone that Blade would be. So Hulu would be a completely just excellent choice for them. I will say, as far as you were saying, like um, reveals, like people coming out um, for D23, every year they've done a Marvel D23. Um, someone's come out like last year, I think was not last year, maybe the year before um, was when Brolin came out, Benedict, like all the cast for Infinity War was there. So I think it might have been no, the year before last, uh, last, um, the entire Infinity War cast came out um, and they were announcing, you know, what to kind of expect for Infinity War for, um, you know, and, and beyond. Um, so I think, yeah, I, I think you, know you could what see would... a lot of. You know what would make people freak out if they just like showed up with Ryan Reynolds just to like I don't know you know people love Deadpool and considering it's possible that it's the only it's the only Fox property that's really going to transition into Disney's MCU bring him out you know announce a third Deadpool right then and there I think if you're if you're Disney if you're Feige let me say Feige because he's more so in control of um, the MCU. Um, if you're Feige and you are serious about continuing Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool, because um, remember, I, I think we've only heard that they're continue. No, no, they, they did say Deadpool 3. Okay, never mind. Forget that. Um, I think if you really, really, truly want to make a, like a, a stamp, you have Ryan come out in the Deadpool costume and present the panel. Um, you kind of have him make a joke as he, you know, welcomes everyone out. Um, kind of just be really playful with it. Let people know, like, all right, you're not really taking away his edginess. This is um, a and genius like said, fucking Tia, idea. And like you said, Tia, kind of just put it in everyone's face. Like, he is now part of our new family. Like, we're not putting him to the side. Um, you could even have Ryan Reynolds make a joke about it. Like, I'm surprised they let me come out because they told me I had to stay in this room. Um, like, you know, just kind of <laughs> poor like about it. Go ahead. God, I wish they would have given me my own movie, but all right, I guess I'll introduce this panel of movies, which was <laughs> right. great too. Right, absolutely. So to me, um, I, I can almost guarantee that they're probably not going to do it. Uh, <laughs> Ryan Reynolds probably won't oh, come so out. Oh, that'd be so um, great, though. But it, it would easily be the marketing moment of Juwan. the year. You should add that onto your list of genius marketing ideas because that is genius. I tell you, I told you, Nick. You know how much I love marketing, man. I, I love marketing. Yeah. I, I love the idea of it. Um, but yeah, I, I think if you're Feige and you kind of want to let everyone know, like, relax. We're, we're not stripping his edges. He's still Deadpool. He's still the Deadpool you guys have just seen two movies of. Um, you let him introduce everyone. Like, if Eternals is having like a panel, um, like the the, the cast coming out, um, have Deadpool play along with it. Like, you could have Kevin Feige show the slate of Marvel movies. And, like, you see Deadpool, like, drawing on the, the screen um, as he's trying to, like, point out the new movies. And you're kind of just like, what, what are you yes. doing? Like, who's doing that? And then you just kind of see just him, love, like, just pop out. I would, Go ahead. And I would love just, like, a, a line of dialogue. Like, God, I'm surprised Josh Brolin isn't in this picture as much as they love to cast that motherfucker. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that would be great. Because they do like, like to it, cast it, Josh be Brolin. So many endless, there would be so many endless lines of, like, fucking great like clips 
Like it'd be that'd be fucking perfect. A hundred percent. So something Feige for you to think about. Again, we doubt it will happen, but it would easily be the moment of the year. Um yes. if that happened. Um yeah. so fingers crossed we can get something like that. All right, let's move on. Um we got some news coming out of the Black Adam camp. Uh apparently the Black Adam <laughs> movie uh has its director and can't pronounce his name. I'm going to say Kwame Colette. Nope, not even going to try the last name. Um, Your pronunciation believe... of names is just so comical. <laughs> I'm horrible at it. But He's see, not good out. at it. Time out. You know what I like, though? I like that I make it known that I'm not good at it. So, like, I'm, I'm not that, that person who's trying to make the name sound all fancy and it's like you sound like an idiot. Like, no, I'm telling you, I'm horrible at it. So, like, you know that. So you know, all right, Juwan's about to screw this up. It's like, it's like me when I when I first saw Karis LeVert's name of the um, of the Nets, I was like, ah, oh, Karee LeVert, <laughs> like he's a French player. <laughs> <laughs> like no, his name's Karis LeVert, and he's from America. You dumbass. Like, <laughs> so yeah, at least you don't do that. Yeah, I try my best to make sure everyone knows that. I'll never try to be that. Oh, I know everything. Ho, ho, ho. No, that, that's not me. <laughs> right. um, but we seemingly have a director for a movie. I was almost a thousand percent sure it was never going to happen. Uh, so, Nick, very quickly, your thoughts on Black Adam having its director. And we know it has a script. I believe it has a script. Um, but us moving forward with a Black Adam movie that literally no one asked for. Yeah, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Um, I just, uh, I, I, I'm, excuse me for being like cautious at this point, but I am totally cautious at this point. Um, I, I, especially with the whole, the rock negotiations, like, like the whole rumor that we had like a few weeks ago with him entertaining like discussions with Marvel and all that, um, I, I, I think this is almost like a counterpunch to that. Like, oh, wait, no, we, we got a script. We got a director. We got everything we need. Um, I, yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. I will say the only, the only bit of, I'd say, truth that I feel that comes from this, Nick, is that his seven pounds uh, production, uh, mainly uh, Haram Garcia, like his, uh, I think his manager, uh, was the one that tweeted that um, what's-his-name is going to be the director. So it's from his camp. Sure. Okay. So well, that's I, cool. I would assume that's coming from his camp, right, like coming from his camp that it means they want to still make it. You could have led um, with that, so, and that might have altered my opinion so you didn't have I to, like, apologize. retort and make me seem like a dumbass. <laughs> no, you know that's not what I was trying to do. I was just saying <laughs> no, 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 I I'm, think I'm the space should be there because it came from him in his camp. Yeah, um, if it was fair. just from like Warner Brothers, it'd be like, all right, well, we've seen you say things are gonna happen and it doesn't happen. <laughs> so like, yeah, if it's from his camp, maybe, maybe, maybe not. Maybe. Um, it's slightly but, but better listen, odds there. I'd go fifty-fifty at this point. I'm still with you though. I mean, listen, if Feige comes and goes, hey, look, all right, we talked about it with Universal. We can use Namor in a Black Panther too. How would you like and to go up against make you Chadwick Boseman? Right, like he yeah. would say, "All right, so, sorry, Warner. Like it, this movie's not yeah. gonna happen." <laughs> yep. So, so you are still correct in your assessment of I'll believe it when I'm buying a ticket or I'm seeing a trailer of the movie. Right. Um, exactly. And, and, and I just want to like, see The Rock right. with Elf ears. 
I just think that would be so adorable. The Rock with Elvis I agree with would you. be great. I completely <laughs> agree with you. Um, <laughs> all right. Tia, uh, sorry. I just me and Nick are too too comical together. Tia, uh, <laughs> your thoughts on Black Adam finally getting a director to go along with the script that I'm still fifteen percent sure that I read they actually have, but I could be wrong. Um, but your thoughts on the, uh, on them getting a director? As you guys said, to kind of echo it, I'll believe it when I see it. But I do think that them at least bringing in a director and attaching it to the movie is somewhat hopeful. I do truly believe that Dwayne Johnson is just sitting there wanting this to be made. Um, And the fact that they keep pushing it back is unfortunate. At this point, I think that the Black Adam movie will probably be like better received maybe than Shazam. Um, And that's just my personal opinion on it, just with it being the rock behind it and the fact that people have been waiting for this for so long. I don't necessarily think that um, a Black Adam movie is unwarranted, but the fact that there was no cameo from him in the Shazam movie is what is completely ridiculous, but I digress with that. Uh, the, The director is certainly more encouraging and if DC was smart they would really just kind of uh, speed this up like announce something right away get a costume going on for uh, you know Dwayne Johnson like do something that really just I don't understand why they and this is going to be a weird word but why they keep like pussyfooting around just what's taking you so long with this pretty much well, I, I will say this. I, I will say this. Under no circumstances, and, and, and let me be super clear with this, under no circumstances should you have ever released a Black Adam movie without giving me Shazam first. So they did it right. Now, albeit The Rock has been casted as Black Adam for about a decade now, so that is where I go, what have you been waiting for? Like, why would you cast him? And then it's like, we don't even know if we're doing a Black Adam movie, but we just wanted you to know The Rock is our Black Adam for whenever we do it. Um, but I will also put a lot of blame to you on The Rock because of his schedule. I, I, I believe I want to say his schedule. Um, he thought it'd be better to not be in Shazam and to give his first appearance um, in his own movie, you know, because he's The Rock and can do that. So to me, it's like Warner Brothers take as much time as you need because there's no reason why Black Adam should not have been a cameo. Like everyone in the theater thought that end credit scene was going to be Black Adam. Um, and then when we see it wasn't, we were just like, you just had a whole Shazam movie. No Black Adam. They did show a figure of him, an animated figure of him uh, at the beginning of yeah, the movie with could, the hood on. That could mean anything. I mean, you know, oh, right, I'm just right. saying that could have meant anything. Um, it, for those who maybe aren't necessarily in the know of casting they they don't know that Dwayne Johnson maybe was attached to Black Adam they just think that that's just a figure you know what I'm saying no fair enough completely fair um but yeah under no circumstances should you have a Black Adam movie before Shazam um that's just like people were killing me when they were like how have we not had a Nightwing movie done and I'm like you don't have a Batman like, what do you mean? <laughs> Why would you have a Nightwing movie without a Batman? Um, so, well, they yeah, they did came it. Out with a, 
they should have came out with a Nightwing movie after The Dark Knight Rises in that universe. I was all for that back then because people were kind of guesstimating that maybe um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt was going to, you know, move on to become Nightwing, and that was going to happen. I mean, there was fan art for it and everything. So if they had kept within that universe, I think that would have been completely warranted. I'll say this, Tia. Don't even get me started on the idea I, that you had Nolan come out and say, ain't no Robin's going to be in my universe, only for them to end the movie where he seemingly became Robin. Um, but well, people argue to he took ironic. over the mantle. <laughs> People do people do argue with me that technically you could say he took over the mantle of Batman while Bruce was in uh, Rome or wherever he went. No, he was meant to be Nightwing. Like that's what that costume seemingly was was him embracing Nightwing, um, which you is you could have had a Batman Robin. Beyond though. You could have oh, went God. into a Batman Beyond situation. Don't don't you oh god me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, or Batman or Beyond it was just meant to be an Easter egg, guys. Like sorry, it's all it was. I mean, it it could, but the idea that he went into the Batcave and the thing that has the suit in it yes, was rising, that's, it meant a suit yes, was in there. an Easter egg. Yeah, yeah no, it's an I, Easter egg I, I agree for, with you. for you to be like, oh, what could happen? Like, could, like, but, like, you, it, the story that Nolan wanted to tell was complete. It didn't matter. Nick, that was, Nick it was, was always an Easter egg. It didn't matter. It did here. not matter, but it was what frustrating. What I want <laughs> What did you say? I thought you. I thought you said Nick once, and then I. Oh no, I said Nick wasn't wrong in that. I mean, it. it oh yeah. Was definitely an Easter egg, but I'm saying if you wanted to go somewhere with it, I wouldn't have minded um, if they decided to continue without Nolan um, doing like a Nightwing thing. Yeah, sure. Nightwing, not Batman Beyond. But all right, let's move on. Um, <laughs> I could frustratingly talk about my, my issues with the way that third movie ended. But anyway, let's move on. Um, all right. This one um, is hilarious. Because, uh, Tia, you know Twitter went bananas when this news dropped. Um, Tom Holland's um, Uncharted Nathan Drake movie swings into theaters um, next year. A lot of people aren't liking that he's Nathan Drake. Um, I think you should, like, probably get over it he's your nathan drake now whether he is a younger version of nathan drake and then we do get a later version of nathan drake in like his 40s late 30s 40s who knows but for right now tom holland is your nathan drake and that's all the information we have um yeah. nick i don't know if you've played the uncharted games um but what are you your know, thoughts I'm, on I'm tom familiar. holland okay what are your thoughts on tom holland being nathan drake yeah, so like Nathan Drake's usually like a forty-something guy, um, mm-hmm. or like late thirties, early forties. Um, to yeah. me, what it says, like they like they want to make a franchise out of it, so they're casting someone younger. Um, and and to me, like that makes a lot of sense to me. Like, why would you want to see um, all of the video game storyline that you've already played play out in front of you without a controller in your hands. Um, I'd rather see like a prequel to that um, with this character. Um, now, I, I, now, if we were to delve into you know, who do I think as a young actor would best fit Nathan Drake? No, Tom Holland would not be on, on like the front of my... Um, 
uh, uh, casting list. Uh, but as far as like what I think they're going for, I do think it's smart. I do think like a young Nathan Drake, um, and you know having that be kind of your mo and where you're going with it. Um, I I'm fine with that. Like having it kind of be a precursor to the video games. Um, so, you know, you, you basically get, like, a lead-in to those. Um, I think you could make a trilogy that just kind of ends with, like, it leading into the very first video game. Uh, and and that, to me, is kind of, like, on, on like, a, like a, a, a low level um, or, like, a the kind of secret, slyly brilliant uh, thing that they're doing. Uh, I, I don't know. I kind of like it. I think it's smart. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you. We, we did get a glimpse in one of the, the Uncharted games of a younger Nathan, um, like a bit. Like uh, we saw a little bit of his thieving ways as, as a child, him first running into Scully. Um, so we did kind of get a feel of that. But majority of those games, like 95% of them were all of him being older. Yeah, I would like to see how he became the thief. Um, you know, how he became the Nathan Drake. So why not? But Tom, I view Tom Holland for Nathan Drake the same way I maybe a year or two ago viewed Robert Pattinson as Batman. So it was just like, who's who's of this shit? Like, who, who, who sat down and was like, yep, nope, that's the guy. Um, but now I'm kind of like, yeah, sure, I don't care. Like, yeah, Robert Pattinson, Batman, same world as, uh, you know, Tom Holland, Nathan Drake. All right, let's just see two good actors do good acting. Um, so I, that's just where I end up on it. Um, but Tia, what are your thoughts of Tom Holland as Nathan Drake? So, as she, and I think I've explained this before, that I haven't played really a video game since 2012 when the last SSS um, video game came out. But So I don't really know anything about Uncharted. But the way people freaked out about Tom Holland being uh, Nathan Drake was insane. I, I think he's a really good actor. And are people kind of associating his Spider-Man with maybe thinking that he's not going to be portraying um, maybe a more serious role or something like that? I mean, to me, we see that he has the capability for action sequences Um as, as Nick said, if you want to have a franchise, it's uh, smarter to have a younger guy cast because you can do that. Tom Holland seems very likable, that he's easy to get along with. You want that as well. Um, I just think that people maybe have only seen him for Spider-Man and, you know, not for nothing, this, this could be uh, people who are not Marvel fans. So they are just... Um, really not liking the fact that um, a Marvel actor is cast as this? I'm not sure. Tom Holland can do much more than just goof around and joke around. I always um, say that uh, he did this movie with John Bernthal called Pilgrimage, where he was really good in it, and it wasn't like a funny joke around role at all. So I just think give Tom Holland a chance. But I will ask, um, Nick, you said that for a younger Nathan Drake, that Tom Holland wouldn't be your number one choice. Do you have someone that you would have preferred over him? Mm, I, not off the top of my head. Um, I, I would think, A, I would want maybe somebody a little taller. Um, I would want somebody with, like, darker hair, 
Um, you know, just, just kind of seems like he fits the Nathan Drake mold a little more. Um, I don't have anybody off the top of my head. It, it, you know, if I if I was going to pick like a young actor, and he's not as young as Tom Holland, I I might go with like a um, uh the, the 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 shit I forget his name, the guy who played uh, Baby Driver. Um, I think uh, he Ansel. would be yeah, Anthony Elgort. Yeah, like yeah. he would be more of like the, the the prototype that I would I would try to like maybe shoot for. Um but like again, like you said, I, I like either way I don't have a huge problem with it. I just think like if 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 you have a blueprint for where you want this character to, to project going into the future, um I think maybe that would be a better side. I, I do say this though, um I uh and and I don't I don't think they'll ever do this. Um but like, you know, if you were to take uh Tom Holland and like project him forward, like um who do I think he would be the best like young version of? Um I think he'd make a great young Indiana Jones. I really do. Uh he'd yeah. be really good in that. Like I know that I people um thought about uh Chris Pratt or you know, we had that like That's one child way outing. too old. Chris Pratt's Chris Pratt's older than fucking uh, Harrison Ford when he originally did the role. So like, so Tom Holland would be like a really great like casting choice. But um, I don't know if you guys saw, and not to get off topic too quickly, but uh, uh, Harrison Ford was pretty much saying that the Indiana Jones franchise will die with him, and it's like you know nothing is that sacred in Hollywood. Right. Yeah. Well, no. no the, I, yeah. The biggest thing is, the biggest thing Harrison Ford needs to realize is like, if they were willing to do a younger Han Solo, and I think Han Solo to a lot of people means more than Indiana Jones, they will definitely do another. Indiana arguably, Jones. But, arguably, arguably, but arguably, no, but, but I agree with you. But the fact that it's arguable and they still made the young uh, Han Solo lends to your argument. Just the only point I'm trying to say is if he's saying, um, you know, the, you know, the character dies when I die, um, I would say I would say this. Um, they might give you the the you know credence of waiting till that day and then remaking it, but they're right. definitely at some point going to remake Indiana Jones. It, it's a money right, and um, and like Harrison Ford's kind of short, Tom Holland's kind of short. They both got that going for him. He's kind of got that same like River Phoenix appeal, and River Phoenix obviously played the young Indiana Jones at the beginning of uh, the Last Crusade. Um, I yeah, I just think that that to me is like a more apt fit than him playing Nathan Drake. Um, I think a I picture like a slightly different version of a young Nathan Drake um, than I do Tom Holland. Very fair. Uh, on some more news that I am very, very, very uh, excited about. I want us to be quick on these last few. Um, G.I. Joe, sure. the reboot officially is released October 16th Woo. of next year. I am so freaking excited for this um, because I think they've seen what they did wrong. They know exactly how to make it better. Give me a Duke that does not die in the first 10 seconds of his second movie. Um, give me a world builder. Give me something that, um, it, like I said before, I think the mistake is making a G.I. Joe movie. I think it would have been better if you did each one of the teams having a solo movie. Um, you could even put some of the yeah. characters together. 
um, and then boom, do a G.I. Joe movie. I'd love to see a younger Hulk, younger Duke, um, uh, Scarlet, um, Snake Eyes, uh, Storm Shadow, Cobra Commander. Um, but we're getting Flint. Flint, whatever. Yeah, I do like Flint. I'm sorry. I do like Flint. You're right. Flint's Nick, I'm sorry. Fucking great, dude. He's the right hand man to Duke. I do like him, but definitely the best character in G.I. Joe is Snake Eyes, but that's not arguable. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, we're getting a G.I. Joe movie that comes out October 16th next year. Nick, are you excited at all about this? Oh, fuck yeah, dude. I was super excited for the first one, and it sucked, and I was so disappointed. And um, But no, like if they do it justice, they do it right. Um, and the thing is, like, here's the biggest thing of, of this, like, this quote-unquote franchise. It was this cartoon was built around toys to sell toys. So th- mm-hmm. there's not like a lot of like source material, good source material to go off of. So you really have to like create a good story and, you know, create, um, envelop these characters into that good story. Um, so that's the biggest thing. If they're able to do that, it's going to be very successful. If they're not, it- it's going to be the same thing as what happened last time. Um, Snake Eyes, Definitely your coolest character. I think Flint should arguably be your main character because he's like – he's kind of like the side um, like hero to uh, to Duke, um, and I, I honestly think that like if you utilized him in a particular way in which you know you kind of showcase the right-hand man, like not have it be about the main guy, but have it be about like the, the right-hand man guy – um, I think th- that adds a more interesting flair to it, um, in, in just in my personal opinion. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I'm excited. I, I hope they do it justice. I'm not holding my breath. Uh, but I love GI Joe. I mean, I grew up. I had all the little GI Joe action figures. I was um, like a late '80s baby as far as like my birth, um, and so like I inherited all of my older brother's GI Joe action figures. Um, so mm-hmm. like I had a bunch of them, and dude, I love playing with those. And like um, I, I had the not only the like little like maybe four inch action figures, but I also had like the the Barbie doll size action figures of Duke and and Flint, and uh, like I. Yeah, I mean, I was I was totally a GI Joe kid, 100% as a kid. Um, so like, if they actually make a GI Joe movie that's like actually fucking cool, yeah, I'll totally go see it. Go see it. I would love it. Yeah, I will say real quick, I passed you to you. I didn't appreciate the first GI Joe movie, Nick, till I saw how horrible the second one was. And now I don't think that first <laughs> right. one was that bad. Um, I like it. It was. Yeah. It was I mean, it was still it bad. It was really but... good compared to the second one. Um, yes, <laughs> just in comparison um, But Tia, right. your thoughts on a G.I. Joe reboot uh, That we're getting next year Like, that's crazy <laughs> uh, You know, I'm just not really that into G.I. Joe um, So I don't want to take away from you two uh, Speaking about it But if they manage to make a good action movie Then certainly I'll be excited to go see it um, but as far as, like, the the backgrounds and world building, I guess, of G.I. Joe, I'm not very uh, knowledgeable of it. Hey, no, that, that's Duan, like, can you, can you yeah. send them an email and tell them to cast Pablo Schreiber and John Bernthal, like, right now <laughs> so we can get to yeah, you right right now. for this movie? 
right now, Tia will buy a ticket well before the movie's even made. She'll be in the yeah. theaters. Oh, yeah. oh, like, yeah. Pablo Schreiber um, and Duke and, and John Bernthal as Flint, and there we go. Like, let's roll. There we, that's all we need. I'll, that's all we need to sell Tia. I'll be at like the movie theater, the first one online with the ticket in hand, just to go see yeah. it. <laughs> um, all right, so let's move on to. We got two more topics. Let's let's move really quickly in these. Um, John Cena officially cast uh, joins Fast Nine. I will say really quickly, you guys are going to be very shocked on who's joining the Fast and Furious universe. And all I can say is two huge names. You'll see between the movie that's coming out this year and the movie that's coming out next year that will shock you. Um, but huh. Nick, your thoughts on John Cena joining Fast Nine? Makes makes a shit ton of sense. I mean, he's exactly the type of um, person that you want to bring in, especially since conceivably you're you're kind of losing um, uh, Statham and The Rock to their own little side franchise. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, John Cena is the, the kind of guy you want. I still say you need to get Jason Momoa. That's the guy. That's the one that I think if you get him, that's that's the one that's going to put butts in the seats um, even more so than John Cena. So I do like the John Cena casting. Yeah, it, it's it's a fun one. I, I always imagine they should have went after, like, Chris Evans now that Chris Evans is like, I'm done being an Avenger. Like, mm. get a guy like Chris Evans. I don't. See, um, but I don't think Chris Evans is leaving Avengers to go join the Fast franchise. Yeah, no, no I'm I don't, with you. I don't think I'm that's conceivable. But I'm I do with you. That's why I Jason see Momoa. Sense. I think you throw enough money at Jason Momoa, he would come, and like that would put butts in the seats. People love Jason Momoa. He's so I think you, um, infectious. I think you telling Jason Momoa he does not have to wear a shirt is is how the biggest way you can get Jason Momoa. Like there's yeah. gonna be water yeah. near you, and you don't have to wear a shirt. Let you, like come and join our movie. And let you throw like three axes in the movie, like guaranteed. Exactly. And you get to drink beer the whole time. Like you get food. not only Find do you get up. to drink beer, but you get to throw the glass bottle. Like you love that. Mm. Like come on, Jason Momoa, come Boom. join us. Uh, that's it. <laughs> yep. No money needed. That's all you need to do. Uh, but Tia, he's also on John Cena joining Fast Nine. Yeah, I mean, that's a great casting just because I have, like, started really liking John Cena in film in the, like, past few years. So um, he's going to be in the next Suicide Squad, right? Um, So I think it's a good thing. And considering that Fast 9 has just been going for so long, and as you said, it looks like we may be losing a few actors, who makes sense to put into this, like, action-packed uh, franchise as it kind of seems like it's moving away from the whole, like, car racing thing. John Cena makes perfect sense. Yeah, I mean, look, jump on it. He's going to be a great addition to the team, and I think we all can agree that there will be fast 30 movies um, before it's all oh, said yeah. and done. Um, all right, so, Nick, I wanted to make sure I had time for this topic because I knew you would like this the most. Um, but I do mm-hmm. want us to be quick on it. So Gourney Weaver has sure. confirmed the Parade magazine that she will be reprising her role as, is it Dana? Yeah, Dana, Dana. or Donna? Dana? Okay, Dana, Dana Barrett in Jason Raitman's um, Ghostbusters reboot. Uh, Nick, your thoughts Reitman. on that? That's huge. Raitman, sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's Raitman. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, dude, that's, that's fucking awesome. Uh, I, I mean, I love the fact that they're getting like some of the original cast back. Um, I hope they can get Bill Murray 
to me. Like I think I think Dan Aykroyd will be an easy get. Um, Bill Murray would be the one that I'm like um, skeptical of. Uh, but like if they're getting her, if they're getting Scorney Weaver, I think they probably could get Bill Murray too. Um, and if it's a, if it's a good script, then yeah. Um, I like everything I've heard from this movie. Um, as far as it, it focusing on like the, this this like teenage group of people who are like kind of idolized uh, the Ghostbusters and all that, um, I I love it. I love that she's coming back. I love Sigourney Weaver. Um, I I was super hyped for her to be involved with the Defenders and thought like her role was like um, totally um, shysted. Like I I yep. thought it was going to be way cooler than it was, which was unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just uh, also I just hope that uh, at, at some point in time, uh, given that Disney has has bought back the rights to um, Fox the Fox properties, I hope we can get like a proper Alien Three. Um, you know, uh, we we heard about that a long time ago with uh, Neil Blomkamp uh, uh, having written a script for Alien Three, um, having written a script I, I guess for a new Alien movie that would follow Alien Two and ignore all the other stuff. Um, and mm-hmm. like, give me that, give me Sigourney Weaver, give me Michael Bean, like, give me all, give me Newt, give me all that fucking shit, like that. That's that's what I really want. But uh, I'm excited that she's going to be involved in this. Absolutely. And as far as what you were saying about bringing her back for Alien, we saw Halloween do it uh, well, so we know it can be done. Um, exactly. And we know that in doing it, no one really cares about anything that came after. Um, right. So it worked. Or before. Yeah. 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 Or before. Right. Right. Um, Tia, your thoughts on Sigourney Weaver returning uh, to reprise her role for um, the Ghostbusters reboot? Yeah, I think that's great. Sigourney Weaver is just an excellent actress. It's such a fan service to the franchise, and considering uh, the and I'm sorry, what what was the guy behind um, this upcoming Ghostbusters project? What's his name again? Reitman. Yeah, Jason Reitman. Reitman. The fact that Jason Reitman kind of like came out and said this is going to essentially be after the second one and be kind of directly in that, it makes complete sense to bring Sigourney Weaver back. Um, I I love it. I'm excited about that. Bring, you know, any of the old cast that you can. I think that this is certainly going to generate buzz um, for the Ghostbusters film. And I'm excited to see, you know, uh, uh, an older Sigourney Weaver back into the Ghostbusters world. Yeah, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. But all right, really quickly, this topic I wanted to bring up because it's just hilarious. Uh, uh, Apparently, Fox had plans to do an X-Men versus Fantastic Four universe, rumored to have been Civil War-like with an end credit scene of the scrolls. So what it meant by Civil War-like was you're going to have two sides face each other. Human Torch was going to be seemingly what Wanda was for the Civil War movie. Nick, super quickly, how interested would you have been in that? Dumb, dum 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 <laughs> I can't argue that. Uh, Tia, would you have been excited for that? I mean, I thought it sounded pretty cool, but now I'm questioning my stance. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I'll say this. If you did, I tread on your did I tread on your ground? I'm sorry. (laughs) No, I'll say this: if you're telling me the Hugh Jackman-led X-Men versus the Ian Grunfeld-led Fantastic Four, we're doing a movie together, 
I had enjoyed the first Fantastic Four. I had enjoyed the first two original X-Men movies. I, in that time, would have truly enjoyed that. But looking dumb, back, dumb, dumb, dumb. looking back, I'm kind of like, no, you would have rushed it. You just would have rushed it. Like, second Fantastic yeah, you Four movie just wasn't good. It would have been bad. Yeah, you would have. No, it would have been really bad. It wasn't. Yeah. The first one wasn't yeah. good. None of them were good. I enjoyed the first one. I like the first one. Like, I'll defend I like the first one. I enjoyed it. Not that good. Yeah. No, not that I good. Not good. Not I enjoyed it. See, Nick, you got to remember this, good. man. I enjoyed that the same way what, I enjoyed Shoot'em like Up. Eight years old so. when you saw it? Sure, I'm sure you enjoyed it. No, I was maybe. Yeah, possibly. But yeah, um, <laughs> Nick, how young you are you, Juan? I'm, according to Nick and Joel, they always think I'm like an infant. Um, but Nick, <laughs> thank you two so much for joining me for an all-new episode of Geek Vibes Live. Thanks again to our sponsor, Manscaped. And we will see everyone same time, same place next week. Peace. Peace. See ya.